What's going on, travelers? Thanks for tuning into the 28th episode of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I'm your host, Dalton, and with me, as always, is Pharaoh. Yo, 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 what's up? How are you this week? You have uh, you have the notes now, not like our, our bonus episode that we did a couple days ago. Yes. I didn't lock you out, so there's no podcast oh, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good on that. I can access everything. Um... But yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I, I just I am always thrown now whenever I because my go to like I always say the yo 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 what's up, and ever since I forgot who it was that commented on that. It was Neku. Oh, okay, it was Neku because yeah, I said I'm a Schneznian puppet that you're controlling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, been playing some some Genshin. Uh, I'm actually lagging behind in the act a little bit, but luckily I don't care about spoilers, so I've done. 80% of Act 4, from what my PlayStation tells me. Okay. So, yeah, this should be... You're not be, far off. Yeah, this should be... I, I couldn't imagine anything too crazy happening at the end anyways. So, but yeah. But I finished off The Abyss, so all my time for that yesterday went to uh, The Abyss. How did you do? Oh, I cleared it all. You 36-starred it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I still I, can't 36-star it. It's, you know, some, some are certainly harder than others. There's been a few where I've just, like, been like, no, thank you. It's not worth it for the last star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's it's not too difficult now. You should be pretty much ready to go now with your... It's the the artifacts kill me. It's oh, the, artifacts the artifacts every time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once yeah. you get that, that sweet two-team setup where you just, like, have, the, you know, an OP team... Um, two OP teams, I guess, in, in total, then you're pretty much set. You can kind of crush whatever. Yeah, at this point, I told myself I'm not building any more characters unless it's a Dendro applicator for Sino, and that's it. And everybody else is, I have my two teams, I have my Edo team, I have my Sino team, they do very well in the Abyss, They're j- but they all have, like, with the with the exception of Sino, everybody has, ba- like, honestly, like, half decent to bad artifacts and it just mm-hmm. doesn't fly in the abyss so but yeah exactly. you do need to be on more on point with your artifacts if you want to right easily crush the uh the later stages yeah yeah so that's just kind of my whole my whole deal right now is i need to start farming artifacts for everybody yeah so artifact i'm trying to farming start with the like, worst too yeah it's such a grind i'm trying to start with i think it's what is it? I'm doing Thundering Fury still because I can use Thundering Fury or uh, I think it's Thunder Soother in that one. And I, so I can use either of those pieces. So either of those pieces help. And and then I'm just turning into like glad pieces in the strong box because if I don't need any of those bad pieces, I can work on another character through the strong box. So. My problem right now is resin. Like, I've been tempted at this point to just spend primos on resin. I haven't because I'm smart, but I just, like, I'm the resin drought right now is just terrible. Mm. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. It's, it, it is such a time consumer, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, not even, like, it's that it's time consuming. It's just waiting for the resin is, is honestly, like, the hardest part. Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no, it kind of also depends, well, yeah, I would say for most people, yes, I have such a huge 
depot of of um, fragile resin that I I don't even know the last time I ran out whenever I needed it. Okay, see that's so. my see that's be, and that's half my problem is that I'm I built I would build a character, get him to like ninety, weapon to ninety, talents up, and then all right, time to artifact farm, and I'd start artifact farming. But by the time I did that, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, new character, and yeah. I was like, oh, I like that character level them up, get them to 90, did it, and it was just, like, a constant rotation of that, so I just blew through all the resin. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, I have, like, 60 fragile resin. That's in, wild. Yeah, waiting in the wings, so, like, I, I don't think I'll ever have an issue with that again. Wow. But I do remember it at the beginning, like, waiting for resin was always a pain. All right, let's get into the review reading. We're gonna do one, because it's a super long one, and we're kind of cutting it close with the show, so... Mm-hmm. um. Title of this review is Great Show, Lot of Talking Crap. I can't disagree with that. Um, it is a fi- it is a five star review. Their their name is just a bunch of letters, but they'll know when they listen. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I love the show, guys. I think you're doing really well, and I really enjoy the breakdowns and thoughts. It's a great way to review my feelings on the updates, and I'll definitely be joining the Discord. However, you're wrong about Dea. She's absolutely a pushover, but she is not obsessed with Mora. Consider the fact that she takes a lot of convincing to switch sides for Dunyazad. It's not immediate, and the Mora isn't the attractive, isn't that attractive to her at first. Furthermore, she sold her greatsword to fund the Sabzeros Festival. Would a cold-hearted Mora-obsessed mercenary do that? Of course not. I believe you have overlooked. I have the thoughts. One... I want to mention that afterwards. So just okay. Let me know. Yeah. I believe you have overlooked the one common factor in all of her weird behavior, Dunyazad. She switches sides to give Dunyazad more freedom while still protecting her. She sells her sword to fund the festival that Dunyazad cares about. She's not obsessed with Mora. She's a simp. Um, <laughs> Dea is just super gay for Dunyazad, and I'm offended that y'all missed that, especially with Ningguang, Beto, and Yaimiko Raiden uh, being pretty in your face throughout the game. Anyways, great show. Could be gayer. <laughs> I, love I, I love that ending. Um, so I get a couple things. First of all, I don't th- I I don't see Dea like being gay for uh Dunyazad. Like I don't I don't pick up on that. Maybe my gaydar's off. I'm not sure. But it's not. I don't it's, I don't it's think not that ringing either. For me on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that either. It's not it's not like it's Yamiko or even like Lisa Jean or Kaya yes. DeLuke. It's not like that. It's 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 that's something Kaya DeLuke. But... No, that's not that's not a thing. They're like brothers. It, that's the problem. No, that's the thing with them. no, no. They no, are literally not... like I mean, like they grew up together like brothers. So they have like a love hate relationship. So you're saying that they're stepbrothers? Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. They're not. He's an adopted brother. So like, there's. I'm just saying the the sexual tensions are high between. I don't. Them and I, I don't can't... think so. I don't think. But I don't you know. Get my oh, point. With, the only one that I the only one that I see here like Lisa Jean yes Yamiko um, Raiden yes oh, I like Yamiko definitely has it has it for for Raiden for sure um, Raiden not reciprocated I don't think I think yeah. I think she's into us I think that she's into our character for the most part yeah. which I guess granted on like who you play I guess that that also makes her gay though as well. If True. You're, yeah. yeah if you're that's, looming, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, same with Ayaka. Then at that point too. Um, oh yeah, in the forest. Yeah. She has it hard. <laughs> some 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 of the hangouts too. Did you do uh, Noel and Barbara's hangout? 
Um, uh, I mean, yes, but it was so long ago. Like, Noel, you you practically, like, go on a date, and you can even, like, mention, like, oh, hey, like, it's not, it's not, like, relationship, like, inducing, but mm-hmm. it's almost like, hey, like, we're on a date or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like, I honestly felt like I was doing a, a Genshin dating sim. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I do really uh, enjoy the Lisa Jean one a lot. That one, I, I think, is probably my favorite. Ningguang Beidou, I don't, oh, I don't see so it. it's so apparent. No, I don't see it at all. Get out of the way. Am get I out missing something? Get out of this I, po- I, <laughs> Yes, you are I, missing I everything. Get out of this podcast. I'll have to, I'll have to, like, someone, okay. someone listening, tag me in the Discord and, and, like, please give me an explanation of, of why this is a thing. So, I'm, sometime tonight, I'm going to tag you in general, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's going to be their interactions and what they say to each other during the, not the Iridori festival. It's the lantern right festival this past year with Yunjin and, um, and Kuching. Uh huh. Oh, it's like, they Am just, I, the I way feel like, they I feel like it. I'm not that oblivious. I feel like I would have, I would have no, clocked no, it. You, you missed it. Okay. You, I clocked it so hard. I was just like, <laughs> Oh damn, really? Like that's, that was my reaction. All right, well, well, skipping past that part, I will say, so for the, the for the Dea thing, like, I definitely think that, I mean, she herself admits that she will go to the highest bidder. Like, she has literally said that. Now, what she says and what she does, I agree. Like, two different things sometimes. Now, the whole selling of the sword thing, that got me, that turned me around on her a little bit, right? So yeah. I was like, okay, you know, she is, like, there's things that she will put above money in some mm-hmm. cases, but she's definitely for the most part, unless you are a very close friend and or lover, it seems like she might, you yeah. know, bend the rules for you. So yeah, I think we're both right there. Um, but thank you for that review. I, I love that review. I've been waiting to read that for a while now and I didn't because we were so backed up with our international reviews, but, um, great review. Thank you. I love that. It was super long. We um, should just do a special episode where we just go through the relationships of in the game. We could do that, yeah. If you guys want to leave a five-star review, uh, every single one helps. It helps you know, other people find the show easily, helps uh, open up some opportunities for us to do more things, You know, the higher our ratings are. So if you like the show, leave us a review. We'll read on the show. Um, we have one that we need to read, but we're not going to have enough time for that. We'll save that for next week where we're going to read it in a character's voice. Um, fun, I think- fun, fun, fun. Yeah, I think your voice is a little too deep for this one. I already did some practice runs of it, and I was uh-huh. just like cringing the whole time. I don't so. think it's gonna be sound. I don't think it's gonna sound good no matter what from either of us. But I True. definitely think that that yeah, it it would be even worse with me. <laughs> yeah, every review helps. You can leave those reviews in Apple Podcasts. That way, we can read them off. Um, and honestly, if you uh, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I started uploading these t- episodes to YouTube. Um, so hopefully if you guys go on YouTube, you can check those out. I'm sure I'll probably start doing something more with YouTube, but following us or, uh, talking to us on any of our sh- socials definitely helps as well. So if you guys are interested in that, you can help, uh, support the show that way as well. All right. On to the news. Not a whole lot. We literally only have one piece of news that, um, that I wanted to cover and it's just the events preview for phase two which is now live now 
The first one is already going on. It is the Path of Gleaming Jade, the daily login event. And since the update came, like, in the middle of the day, at least in the U.S., or probably, like, late in the day in the U.S., we're already on, like, day two. But I think Asia server may be on day three now. But this is the Path of Gleaming Gleaming Jade daily login event. Over um, seven days, you can earn up to ten uh, intertwined fates for the limited banners or the or the weapon banner. Mystic Enhancement or Mora and Hero's Wit. I was really sad that they didn't have Fragile Resin in here. Yeah. To be eligible for this, uh, you do have to be Adventuring 5 or above. Uh, and note that, you know, by the time this episode goes live, we'll probably be on day... We'll be on day 3 or 4. Um, but then half of that will be over. So make sure you guys are logging in because once you miss that day, that's it. You're not going to... You're not going to get the rewards. I'm not sure. I, I would assume that if you miss day one and day three, you can only claim day four mm-hmm. because that would be a shame if they if they did it where if you miss day one and you like, let's say you went to go claim on day two, but you had to claim day one, you'd miss out on those five fates at the end. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not really sure how that works because I made sure that like I claimed mine, but. Yeah, make sure you guys log in and don't miss that. We have two event wishes. We have Albedo's rerun, and we have Nilo's first banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are alongside Beto, Barbara, and Shangling. You pulling for Nilo at all? I'm pretty sure you're not. No, not at all. I was building pity for her. Mm. But I think I got to like 35. I see six to Beto. I think I need one more Barbara constellation. So. Wow, yeah. you need a Barbara constellation. I do, yeah. I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. Um, We have the weapon banner, Key of Kajnasut, which would be Nilu's weapon, and we have Primordial Jade Cutter as well. And then we have some new four-star weapons. We have Syphos Moonlight, which is the sword, and are all these? Is Wandering Evenstar the catalyst? Is that new? I think so. I think it is new. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that one. And those are alongside Rain Slasher, which is the Claymore, Dragonsbane, Polearm, and the Sacrificial Bow. Um, mm-hmm. So if you guys are interested in that, obviously both those event banners or yeah. Basically those banners go to the end of the update, which would be till November 1st. Right. We have the Wind Chaser event. I believe this starts in just uh, as soon as this podcast goes live, honestly. During the event, you can complete the challenges in Gale Zones within the time limit and complete specified requirements to obtain rewards such as Prima Gems, Heroes Wit, Talent, Level Up Materials. Um, There's basically a domain challenge that includes gliding, basically. It's like mm-hmm. a, um obstacle course. You do need to be adventuring 20 or above to um, take part in this event. We have the Star Seekers Sojourn event where we will search for mysterious future stars. You'll complete challenges to find these stars to help the commissioner giver fulfill her wish. You can obtain Prima Gems, Heroes Wit, and Talent Level Up materials. Uh, to do this, you do need to do Chapter 3, Act 1, Through Mists of Smoke and Forest Stark. That is the first act when you arrive in Sumeru. You do need to be Adventuring 30 or above to do that as well. Right. That's it for literal events, like... Mm-hmm. Timed events, and then we also have Nilu Story Quest, which I still need to do Sinos. But yeah, Nilu Story Quest is now here. You can do that. You do need to be adventuring 40 or above to complete that. You need to make sure that you finish Act 2 
of the Sumeru uh, Sumeru Archon Quest to take part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Not a whole lot going on in Phase 2, but... All right. I wanted to talk just a little bit, just give our quick thoughts on the of Ballads and Brews event because we didn't really talk about it all that much. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought we'd get a little bit more. I yeah. felt like all we really got was like some of the uh some of the interactions that Razor has throughout his like daily life. Yeah. Honestly, I th- I thought we got a little bit more than we did even Deluxe event, but yeah, this one uh, same same thing for me. Like I definitely felt like it was amped up <laughs> to be a little bit more than it actually was. Actually, a, a lot more than it actually is. Um, I did appreciate the cutscene, like the big long cutscene we got at the at the beginning. Um, yeah, like that was that was cool and nice and whimsical and everything. And um, you have the whole you know thing with uh, his parents and everything like that as well. Um, I am still like not giving up on this whole Sino and Razor thing are related though. Yeah, the parallels are just so obvious. Exactly. It has to be something. Like yeah. even down to their constellations. Like I don't I don't understand it. There has to be something there. Um so yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to wait and see about that. But um overall, you know, it's a you know, it's it was okay. The event itself okay. The the cutscene was great. Or the you know the long one, um, and so yeah, that was kind of it. It was a very. I wish that they would put a lot more into events like this, though. Yeah, I. Um, did you cry to the cutscene? No. No, no, didn't give me yeah. enough. My eyes were watering. I I will. I certainly will. Like I have. I have cried. I have no problem admitting I've cried tons of times through. Um, I don't. I don't know if I've cried at all for Genshin. But certainly during animes, I do it all the time. So, but I'm I'm trying to remember a moment if I've done it for Genshin. What are some of the really sad moments in Genshin? Do you remember? Uh, I can't recall like any any big ones. Oh, the Rex. I don't think I I don't think I cried, but I I remember I was like oh I was emotional with the whenever um uh Rex Lapis saved. Chow in the cave, yeah. I can't remember if I cried to that, but I think I might have. Yeah, I was certainly I, emotional. So, yeah, I think I I think I did that. It's usually only when they do like the really beautiful, like high rendered cutscenes that I usually like end up crying. Right. Yeah, that like, those that's are when they u- the do like the most too, emotionally so. and like powering like. Mm-hmm. Things I just can't remember off the top of my head, like any of them, to be honest. Okay, most fair most of them are just like, holy crap, that was awesome! Like Kazawa controlling the electro vision for like a short moment was really cool. Right. You know, I think uh, I don't know, J- the J Chamber. I can't think. Like maybe that one. Nah, there yeah. there wasn't enough there for that. Oh, you're talking about like whenever. Like you had to fight the the monster and everything. Yeah, Osile. Okay, yes, that one maybe I don't remember well enough now, but that one was a possibility for it for me. Yeah, yeah, and I like fell for Shenhe in that moment when she just like 
Same. when she runs and dude that that cutscene i can watch it. over and over yeah man <laughs> so yeah i i did enjoy the the event mm-hmm. the business portion of the of the event where you like you run the stall a little bit underwhelming i do like that we got a bunch of furnishings for the teapot from it yeah but a little bit underwhelming i thought it was going to be something different i kind of wanted like those like really old like flash games you could get on like the computer where like you make a plate of food and then you swipe it when it's done mm-hmm. like one of those um, right but i did like the cutscene. every time they they do like a cop out where the the people like the characters in genshin their parents or their siblings are like just like random like monsters mm-hmm. that kind of like irks me a little bit right like, i just i want them to have like a more permanent role but i really did like how you can kind of like tie like rosaria is like razor's sister even if mm-hmm. they're like stepsister or step siblings um so i thought that was cool yeah but yeah i i really like how we we planted the bottle under oh the yeah tree. that was nice yeah and now it's still there so i do i do like that that means that we're going to come back to it eventually yeah. so that was cool yeah, there was there was definitely like you know now that we talked about like looking back, there was definitely some some more fun things than I remembered, but I it still overall was a little underwhelming. But yeah, yeah. Okay, other than that, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the Act Four of the new Archon Quest, and then we're gonna wrap up the show. So we open up into the new act. Basically, we are trying to help Isak, who is a kid in Aru Village, find his grandpa. His grandpa is a mad scholar, quote unquote. But the mad scholars are scholars that were basically banished from Sumeru City. And they come the desert uh, because the academia no longer wants them. Um, And these mad scholars, quote unquote, have been known to save the village where they're they kind of like take upon this like green aura and it's kind of like rumored that they help out. But basically Isak's grandpa is missing and we're tasked to find him. So we team up with Sino and we ask some locals nearby. And while we're talking to some of the locals to figure out uh you know if they have heard or seen anything about these mad scholars, Sino hears hears that uh, a conversation going on. And we kind of eavesdrop, and we find out that um, from their conversation that, you know, more mad scholars are showing up around the same time that the Scarlet King fell. Mm-hmm. And so he heard that they were being, the mad scholars were being used as sacrifices to bring the Scarlet King back. Sino just completely interrupts them, demands that they repeat everything, and he even goes as far as taking his burst form to kind of intimidate them which I thought was uh, pretty cool. Very cool. One of the NPCs basically mentions the radicals and they can't wait for the, 
like resurrection of King Deshret uh, to get back at Sumeru city and the academia. And they kind of basically solidify this feud between the desert and the city. So we go back to, uh, we go to Isak's grandpa's house to uh, get some more intel. And on the way there, Tanjiro, oh, I mean, the traveler picks up the scent that some of the incense that made him pass out from when we first arrived at Sumeru city, Mm -hmm. um, he picks up that scent. Uh, and mentions that Tanari helped us out. And, you know, despite not working well in a team composition, Sino reveals that he and Tanari are friends. The group kind of search for more clues, and Sino kind of deduces that someone's using the incense to lure lure away Isak's grandpa. Uh, so we go back to the village. We talk with Candace before searching for the Mad Scholars. And back there, we talk to Dea and Candace. And they mention that Alhaitha must have left to research on his own, so, you know, he's being sus as normal. <laughs> Dea has a few tips, basically saying um, that she knows the leader of the radicals, Delavar, and while she does, someone is kind of lurking around the corner. Dea mentions that three names of people who are kind of broke and they want to resurrect King Deshret to get back at the academia. And she also mentions that she doesn't have any real fighting skills, which... It's yeah. like a one-off thing, but it kind of ties in later. Yeah. Well, that makes you think, like, whoa, why did she say that? So, yeah. Yeah. So because we're outsiders to the village uh, and we stick out like a sore thumb, Dea wants us to leave so we can help her do her part in investigating properly. And Sino stays back in Aru Village uh, while we go to Caravan Rabat, where uh, Dea wants us to go to talk to these radical leaders. On the way there... You know, Dea kind of explains how the wall of Samuel, which is that big wall that kind of looks like a dead tree, was said to be created from to keep sandstorms away. But really, it's to keep desert dwellers away from the foresty part of Sumeru. Mm-hmm. So she says that. She also explains that Sataria, who is the researcher we forced to go insane with with Kusanali, was basically like a one in a million pick from the academia of people from the desert, which kind of shows like how detrimental she was to the previous act when we had to basically convince her to come back to the desert so that we could overthrow the academia. But she probably is like literally the only desert dweller that is in the academia still. Mm -hmm. So we go to a tavern and we meet Zaki, who is a drinking buddy of Dea's. We tell him that we want to meet with Delavar basically and he agrees to bring um, bring us to him. After that, we go to that area in the desert. We find out that it's a trap. And Zaki is surprised because he heard that Dea wasn't strong, which was basically the thing that she said while that person was eavesdropping back in our village. And then basically Dea kicks his ass. But yeah, so that's pretty much why she said, oh, like, I'm not that strong. I'm just a low merc. Yep. Basically to throw him off because she knew that we would get trapped. At this point, I'm just like, wow, Dea is like, is awesome. Because not the same Dea that I thought. I had, I judged Dea's book by her cover, basically. Yeah, she definitely has, I mean, she doesn't have like way more to her yet. But she definitely surprised me a bit, I would say. Yeah. Um, At this point, you mean? Yeah, so far. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Um. Dea does mention that she really doesn't have anything against the Dendro Archon, but highly dislikes the Academia. And we bring the Radicals that we just defeated back to Candace. 
We go inside. Candace kind of gives those three men like a good scolding. And Zaki reveals that a mysterious man went to the tavern and spread rumors of the village keepers being sacrifices to the Scarlet King. And that's kind of how they got tied up in that. Mm -hmm. Sino starts to like interrogate them by giving them strikes. Like he gives them one strike. They don't give him an answer that he likes. Uh, He gives them a second strike. Mm -hmm. And they end up telling the truth, basically saying that the mysterious man picks up the village keepers after they're lured away. And then Sino knocks them literally all out anyway. Yeah. Uh, which was which was funny, but he does that so that they can't hear Uncle Anpu's thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Anpu basically mentions that someone from the academia used to ask for the village keepers, but he would turn them back. Um, which is kind of funny because the academia are the people who sent these mad scholars because they didn't want to deal with them basically to the village. Right. And now they're kind of asking they want for them, them back. back. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't make any sense, so... Um, or does it? Wink, wink. Wink, wink, yes. <laughs> uh, we go outside. We find Alhaitham. He's reading a book. Um, he's being sassy to Paimon. Of course. And, yeah. And Paimon embarrasses herself, as always. As is tradition. Yeah. Alhaitham says he is surprised that we teamed up with Sino, and then round two of the pissing match begins. <laughs> Alhaitham basically says we can learn new info from someone we've already talked about, and he's talking about Shari, who is a... Um, one of the locals we talked about at the beginning of the quest, mm-hmm. and basically he says if you earn her trust, she will open up to you. But basically, she's afraid, and she doesn't want to basically put a target on her back. Yeah. So uh, she mentions that the hospital nearby the village has been abandoned, mm-hmm. and that she does hear crying at night sometimes. So we go there to see if we can figure anything out. At the hospital, we find some notes Basically talking about uh, some of the physicians and the people that were there, I was very uh, concerned that some of the physicians' names were redacted. Mm-hmm. Did you look at any of the the notes on the walls of the hospital? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so some of the physicians' names are mm-hmm. there, and then there's some that are like redacted. They're just like a white bar. Huh. So I'm thinking that you know hospital. It could be Dottore. Maybe. Maybe. So uh, that was my thought. But but yeah, th- there's literally nothing in there that basically points to um, either either like him or Baiju, who is like the only right. other like doctor. Uh, we do hear a person crying from inside, and it is Razak, who is a senior of Alhaitham's. He kind of identifies him very quickly. And we note that he is experiencing the same symptoms of the Aramite that we fought back in Port Ormos in the first act. And from this, Alhaitham basically deduces that the Academia spread a false rumor about the Scarlet King's resurrection to get the Aru village people to gather up these mad scholars without them knowing that's exactly what the Academia wants. And they do this because, you know, if a missing person, a a missing person is basically a dead person, and Mm -hmm. then they're, they're basically... They're dead, so um, no one's going to ask questions then. Right. And then they're going to extract their knowledge into the stored capsules. Um, and then they're going to use these no- this knowledge to help Skarmouche turn into a god. Mm-hmm. And basically because the village keepers, or mad scholars, are... We've kind of already figured out that, you know, Kusanali is possessing them and then saving parts of Sumeru when they're in trouble 
we kind of already figure out that like, you know, the academia clearly knows that and that that's why they're extracting their can knowledge. Mm-hmm. This is around the part where I, I have not been yet. So now from now on. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You you cool with going into it? Oh, yeah, yeah. If, it, okay, I'm, cool. I'm fine with it. I'm excited because I really want you to see this, uh, mm-hmm. one of these parts, or two of them, really. So, afterwards, we take Razak back to Aru Village, and we try to figure out how the academia knew we were coming, because they clearly left that mm-hmm. hospital. Basically, we determine that the academia knows our whereabouts, and we're trying to figure this out. And Candace kind of proposes that one of us is a mole. And mm. that's when round three of the pissing match between Sino and Alhaitham begins. Oh, but, nice. Okay. But Alhaitham, yeah, they basically are trying to figure out who's the mole. Right. Um, obviously, they start pointing fingers. But Alhaitham tells Sino that he's being monitored by the academia. And that's why they know our moves. Mm-hmm. So they base, and Alhaitham says that he has seen. Info about the General Mahamatra, his whereabouts, where he goes, all that stuff since he's the scribe. He's seen this information uh, where Sino has not seen it. Mm-hmm. And he reveals this to Sino. And Sino's like, oh, it's it's my fault. Like, I let them get away because I'm being monitored. Right. So we follow Sino. We leave. Basically, we use that information to say, okay, well... If we know that they know where we're going, then we can figure out where they are. Right. Basically, reverse psychology. Right. And Dea leaves without saying anything, which is kind of weird. She And it clearly shows that she just, like, walks away. But we follow Sino to retrace his steps, and we find an Academian device that looks like a headpiece that's buried in the sand. Um, and we decide that, you know, these are pretty much used to extract knowledge into the capsules. Uh, we try, we continue to explore... And we find Dea talking to some Aramites. Uh, the person that she's talking to is Ramon, and it appears that she's kind of like betraying the village. Mm-hmm. And Paimon pretty much like calls her out, and she literally tells Paimon to shut up, mm. which is funny. Dea is trying to convince Ramon that uh, turning the scholars into the academia will not work. He's trying to basically um, barter with them. Sino kind of tells him, "Hey, th- that's not going to work." Mm-hmm. And basic and Alhaitham proposes that, hey, why don't you turn me into the academia because I'm their scribe? That'll work a lot better. And Rahman doesn't trust him. So Dea literally bets her right arm on the fact that they can trust Alhaitham. So mm-hmm. Rahman's like, sure, cut off her arm. And at this point, I was just like, oh, my God, they're literally going to just like take her arm off. Right. Because I I thought this whole time that her arm was mechanical, but I was wrong. They were literally going to cut it off. Yeah, I know you were wrong. So, I'm really upset about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dea instantly lost points for that, even though she was willing to lose an arm. So, right before they're about to... <laughs> Right before they're about to cut off Dea's arm, Raman orders his men to stop and basically says, Hey, I didn't think you'd go along with it, but obviously I can trust you. So, we decide to go back, we'll rest, and then we'll make the swap tomorrow between Alhaitham and the village keepers. The next day, we go back to the middle of the desert. Uh, we go a little bit past the mausoleum to kind of give you an idea of where the location is, uh, to exchange Alhaitham for the village keepers. Mm-hmm. And Rahman only brings back one, which is Isak's grandpa. And Isak is there with us, by the way. Right. We trust that Isak is going to stay, stay safe, and yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. 
<clears throat> yeah, bring a kid to a hostage situation. That's fine. That's always a good idea, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Dea instantly gets pissed off because Raman kind of goes back on his word because we're trading Alhytham for all the village keepers, but he only brings back one. And Dea attacks Raman like furiously, and it's a pretty good cutscene of her like attacking him. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like literally like it takes her claymore out. She pins him to the ground. Um, it's very reminiscent to when we see Deluke uh, fighting in that cutscene where he fights the abyss for a little bit. Right. It's really good. Okay. Uh, at this point, I'm I have like total uh, respect for Dea. Okay. Uh, abruptly, an earthquake begins, and Isak's grandpa becomes Dendro Flash and grabs Isak. So he, I say Dendro Flash as a joke, but he literally like has this green aura around him because mm-hmm. he's being controlled by Kusanali and he literally like bolts over like old man could not go this fast unless he was the flash um bolts over grabs Isak and then a huge green dome covers everybody as the ground underneath the sand uh kind of collapses and we drop down into like a sand uh underground underground um in the sand dune so under the ground we find the newly discovered structure left by king deshret uh and we decide to go in and when we go in, it's not like all the other ruins that we've kind of seen. It's like v- live with vegetation. Basically, like it's clearly been touched by the Dendro Archon. Right. After exploring that for a little bit, uh, we find a really beautiful pink, purple, and blue tree. It's not Ermin Soul, but there is a tomb of the priest for the Scarlet King. And Alhytham extraction- extracts knowledge from a Scarlet King device in that room and projects it for everyone to see. And we get like one of those animated cutscenes, kind of like the ones that we get every time the battle pass renews. I don't know if you that helps yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. So basically in this projection, it reveals that Greater Lord Ruka Devada and the Scarlet King were never enemies at all. Mm-hmm. They were actually friends. Okay. And that the Scarlet King accidentally brought the forbidden knowledge to Sumeru, which is kind of that the thing that created Elazar, I'm pretty sure, because it talks about how after the forbidden knowledge was brought, they, like some of the citizens of Sumeru, had like the gray scales, they got sick. So I'm pretty sure that that was the start of Elazar. Mm-hmm. And what ultimately drove the scholars to become mad. Okay. Greater Lord Ruka Devada was the one who used all of her power to basically help the Scarlet King after he already sacrificed himself to get rid of this forbidden knowledge. He. The Scarlet King uh, sacrificed himself to uh, save Sumeru's city, or basically Sumeru as a whole. And since that didn't really work, Greater Lord Ruka Devada uh, used up all of her power to save them, and she was kind of turned into the embodiment of a small child. So my theory on Dea having a metal arm, wrong. My theory of Greater Lord Ruka Devada and... Lesser Lord Kusanali being the same person, totally right. So, <laughs> All right, you got that one. One point for you. Yeah. And so basically, Raman can't really accept this, mm-hmm. but eventually he comes back to his senses. We decide to leave, and it's funny because when we leave, Sino kind of stays back and almost like pays respects to the priest's tomb. Mm-hmm. In that cutscene that I was talking about, though, we see a priest who looks very similar to Sino. So... Hmm. Yeah, very interesting, but it's funny that, like, after that cutscene, he kind of stays back a little bit and kind of, like, it looks like he pays his respects, so. Right. Uh, when we go back, we 
we go back to the Aramite hideout. Rahman takes us to two Academia members who are luring the village keepers to abduct them. Uh, so everything's kind of coming full circle now. And we interrogate them, and they tell us that someone called the doctor came to the Academia with a Gnosis to study it. Mm-hmm. And we also learn that they created a divine vessel in the form of some humanoid puppet, and they were indeed behind the dream harvesting of the samsara, uh, and they extracted power from the gnosis to create a divine core, and that was, and that all they needed was divine knowledge from respective knowledge capsules, which they were getting from the mad scholars. Um, so at this point, it sounds like Dottore is either extracting power from a gnosis to create a divine core because he's helping Scaramouche become a god? Mm. Yeah. So that's like kind of, it's kind of confusing because, and it could go either way. It could be, you know, Dottore came to the academia to study the Gnosis for the Harbingers or, or Scaram or he's helping Scaramouche. This, you know, he's helping Scaramouche. So I, I don't really know what's going on. I, it could literally go either way. Right. I would say I would be on the side of him not helping Scaramouche, but we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. But the fact that he used it to create a divine core and that the academia is you it's just really weird. Um, I could see him using that for his own purposes later. I could see it too, yeah. But we'll see, we'll have to see. Uh I'm hoping that in the next act, I'm sure in the next act we'll in the new update for 3.2, we'll probably see a little bit more of that. But basically, we go back to Aru Village at that point, and the group, Dea, Candice, Sino, Alhaitham, were all basically making a plan to stop the sages. Um, that's kind of it for the act. It was action-packed at the end mm-hmm. uh, with some u- useful information, but ultimately, it's a, a lot of running around, honestly, to figure out what actually is going on with the academia. So yeah. now we know. That was pretty. It was a pretty crazy act. I I definitely feel like I was not. I feel like my PlayStation lied to me whenever it told me I was eighty percent of the way through it. Yeah, if you're back at the haunted place, it's not a whole lot. No, no, I'm just... pa- past the haunted place a bit, but you know, it, it's certainly more recent than the end of the of the act. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like it's closer to yeah. the end to that than the end of the act. So, right. Um, yeah, but anyways, good, really good act though for sure yeah all right you ready for wish of the week let's do it all right i got mine up i'm just pulling on normal i have another um fate ready to go yep so here we go hoping for at least no blue i was hoping for at least a purple you know four star but no no just a blue yep all right let's see here I'm going to go for, I am going to pull on Nilu's banner. I have, I think, enough for two pulls, so I'll do two pulls. I think I'm due for a four-star pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, blue. And I'm just trying to build pity. If I get her early, I get her early. But I'm probably right. going to stop around 40. Yeah, I got two blues. Not mad. That just means that saving more for, for the Archon. Yeah, I would be happier with that than pulling her, so. Yeah. Nothing good. Hopefully next week we'll have something better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> question of the week. Jeez, this and now this. The question of the week is 
what really draws our our episodes to be super long. Yeah, we might, especially since I I think I know the next one coming up, and I think we might want to save that one because that one's definitely going to be a big discussion. Well, is, is it food related? I think it's the D and D one, isn't it? Oh, I I've been jumping around because it, the the question of the week channel has been like a hot mess. Yeah, but. Emerald in our Discord said, I'm about to start another fight. Candy corn, yes or no? Hmm. Candy corn, yes or no? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm on the side of candy corn. Yeah, I, I like candy corn. I think it, it absolutely requires a certain mood and time of year, but I'm, I'm good on candy corn. Okay. Yeah, I'm team candy corn there. I'm team candy corn in the trash. Are you serious? Yeah, candy corn is disgusting. Who hurt you when you were little? Like I don't. If I, don't I wanted get to it. eat candy corn at any time of the year, I would just put sugar on a candle and eat it. What? That doesn't even. It doesn't. Yeah. Even, like this was actually like candy corn is actually like delicious. Like it's. I think it, it's very like I associate it only with some kind of festivity, but like it is. It is great. I mean, it, it's not like the the best candy ever but it certainly is like a treat i would say Mm. it's not trash you got you got something wrong with you you gotta go get it checked out man (laughs) no superior holiday candy is nonpareils not well okay i I will 100 percent. i think that's actually probably my favorite white chocolate um nonpareils are amazing Mm -hmm. um so i'm not gonna argue with you on that 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 is better but it's certainly yeah like it doesn't kick candy corn out to the trash though no way yes it does let me ask you this what about circus peanuts i haven't had circus peanuts you know you know what i'm talking about though right like the yeah kind of aerated sugary orange things yeah that doesn't sound good to me it actually like it's it's kind of along the same lines but i don't like them as much as i do candy corn i'd say Mm. but um yeah, but I feel like that that definitely falls into one of those more controversial candy roles. So, fair enough, fair enough. So we, one of these days we have to get you to eat that as uh, just to kind of see what your thoughts are on it. On uh, oh, a circus peanut. On circus peanuts, yeah. All right, I'll I'll try it if I next time I'm you go to the about, store. Yeah, try to. Find I'll look one. for some and I'll I'll buy them and then I'll I'll have one on the podcast and I'll there let you go. Know. Yeah, I want a live action. Um, telling of, of Let's do your it. take on it, yeah, yeah. So when someone asked that in the question of the week, I put, you know, where I like my candy corn, and it was a, it was a Parks and Rec gif of him throwing a computer in the trash can. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, wrong ultimately, but yeah, funny. Before we end our show, I'd like to thank our patrons. Thank you to our Favonius Night Tears for uh, supporting us, uh, which would be Soupy. Thank you very much, and. Thank you, Neku, our only Adeptus tier right now. Very appreciated. Um, thank you guys for supporting the podcast. It means a lot. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash HoyoCast. Um, we have a bunch of different tiers where you can earn a bunch of awesome goodies and bonus content for you guys to consume. Two bonus episodes a week, and they're really good. I enjoy doing the bonus episodes a lot. Oh, yeah. Other than that, Pharaoh, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you guys can always check me out on Chronicles of Runeterra. That's uh, an arcane-based uh, League of Legends pod. And, uh, yeah, of course, you can find me here and find me on the Discord over here as well. Awesome. 
you guys want to get a hold of the show, Twitter, Instagram, all at HoyoCast. We're also on Discord, discord.me forward slash The Residence, where you can talk with our community. You can get some help in the game, uh, talk everything related to Genshin, fight about candy corn, fight about <laughs> mayo. You can fight about whether pineapple goes on pizza. Pineapple on pizza, yeah, it was another yeah, contentious was, one. Yeah, that was a big one. All that stuff in the Discord, it's a fun time. Other than that, when we come back... Next week, I think we're going to be talking about probably the live stream program, I would think. Yeah. Which will be exciting because then we get to see everything that's coming in 3.2. And I think that's about it. Yep. Other than that, enjoy your week. Enjoy the episode. And we'll talk to you guys next week.